When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to The Front Free, the brand new football podcast from me, Adam Boltwood, the one and only Lawrence McKenna. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, I'm right. And uh, the stat man himself, David O'Brien. Hi guys. Do you like David? David or Dave, what do you prefer? I don't, Dave, probably. Guys, thank you so much for listening and for downloading and subscribing to the podcast. So the first episode had over 6,500 plays. No one else cares. That's got to be some sort of world record. Like, is that a world record? Sort of, for a first ever podcast. Yeah, it's, it's never been done. So again, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, very much appreciate all the support. A lot of kind words, a lot of kind really? comments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you do have any comments or suggestions for the podcast or questions for the guys, then tweet us on Twitter. At the front free, it's the numeral free, not not, not word free. Uh, in particular, we'd love to hear how long you want the podcast to be because we had a number of comments saying it was too long, and, and then we had a number also saying it was too short. Yeah, so we were, I'm a little bit confused by that. Well, so ultimately, I think that means that we're doing we it just were about doing right. it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Fair yeah. All right, so enough of that. Then let's kick off with the questions. Then mm. so an obvious one uh, yeah. from the weekend: the team of the season was announced. Mm. The big controversy was no Cesc Fabregas. So Sam Jennings asks, should Fabregas have been included in the team of the season? Premier League team of the season. Yeah, he probably should have, shouldn't he? We said on Football Daily, we made the, I made the argument for Coutinho. Oh, no. Why, why not? Why is everyone so vehemently against Philippe? He's I like. Him forever, isn't he? Yeah. Or, or is he's, it actually that no one's against him? It's that everyone's for Fabregas? Yeah, is, is I think point. that's essentially it. Um, although he has been fantastic. I'm just going to put this for you. Philippe Coutinho has been fantastic this season for Liverpool. To watch, amazing. Flicking it over people's heads, great interplay. It's got to be Fabregas for me, really. You know, his, his impact at Chelsea, coming back to the Premier League, has been absolutely awesome. Only player to complete over 2,000 passes in the Premier League. He's made the real difference when coming to, you know, the number of games Chelsea that Chelsea have struggled. He's, he's been there to create a goal, you know, from a brilliant, either brilliant ball to Diego Costa or a set piece, you know. Six, seven assists from set pieces this season for Cesc Fabregas. So I think for me, Fabregas has got to be in there over Coutinho. But Coutinho also has a, has had a pretty decent season. Maybe what would be good to have a young a young player team of the season. Well, we yeah. had some Maybe interesting. Oh be uh, yeah, yeah, that would be a good shout. Um, we had some interesting suggestions who should have been in over Coutinho. Uh, we had yeah. Ericsson, Someone suggested. Yeah. Was that uh, you? No, it wasn't oh. me. But I, I did wholeheartedly agree. Okay. Uh, Sir Moon Rowe put forward Cazorla. Santi Cazola. Well, we did say, I think I said somewhere, Cazola should be in. Cazola should be in. Luka Kolakusic even said Coquelin. What do you reckon to that? 
Coquelin's only played half a season, but he's been he's been pretty decent there. He get into the again, he get into the young team of the season. Yes. Or is he is he still young? How old's Coughlin? I think he's I think he's twenty three, twenty four. Okay, so we just about make the cut. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on Hazard winning player of the year? Because we had quite a few comments saying they weren't happy. Seemed fairly academic to me. I he, thought he was um, he was nailed on essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. You know, he's the best player in the Premier League this season. He's yeah. made mo- the most impact for a team. You know, crazy. What about Harry Kane? That impact though. Uh, Harry Kane won both. Could have won both, like uh, Bale. Did Ronaldo win both ever? Uh, Gareth Bale did, didn't he? But most recently. Sure. Yeah, but I'd say with Kane, you know, he's still work in progress, and I think the Young Player Award's perfect for him. Against against Southampton um, on Saturday. I'd, thought Harry Kane was pretty poor. He didn't have his first shot until the 77th minute of the game. He was just... Yeah, he's tired, mate. On the prevent- yeah, potentially <laughs> he is tired. No, that's... He's, that's been, a- he's been running to the ground, I'd say. Uh, and he's captain. And he's captain. Did you know, right? No. little interesting stat that three of the last four PFA Young Player of the Years have been Spurs players. Kyle Walker, Gareth Bale, and now Harry Kane. Yeah. What do you reckon? Well, I reckon that, that that indicates a lot about Spurs as a club and a team, doesn't it? In then, terms of well, they're not making the most of the talent that they have there. Yeah, you could. Or maybe they. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. I think their uh, recruitment policy has been very good. You know, that looks like Carl Walker coming in from Sheffield United, Gareth Bale coming in from Southampton. These are young English or great British players that are really sort of shining at Spurs. Are given, given sort of the responsibility to take Spurs to that next level, and they are doing these things. You could argue that Carl Walker potentially. He's, maybe that was even a bit of his peak. You know, he's not really looked confident after that. But mm. Harry Kane, I think, is going to get better and better. Did you uh, see the stuff about Kyle Walker over the weekend? No, what happened? <laughs> Don't so search on Twitter. There's a very strange story that came up on Twitter. Yeah. Did you not see it? No, no, I've been busy. Oh, okay. Sorry, uh, mate. I'm football, not, football doesn't rule my life. I don't think there's a way to put it delicately. Yeah. So, what is um, it? To those what's who this, this rumour, allegedly? So Kyle Walker started trending on Twitter on Saturday morning and yeah. there was a video floated about yeah which not even allegedly it 100% wasn't anything to do with Kyle Walker yeah uh, and his girlfriend and his dog so I think you know let your imagination run wild there but it wasn't actually anything to do with Kyle Walker so he was out for a walk and he was well, just with mate, his girlfriend and his dog <laughs> and walk, and uh, just, I, just describe I the video for me <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how where did it go from it. there so he's in the park right with his girlfriend and no, his no, dog no they're in the bedroom Right. What was he doing with his, in the bedroom with his girlfriend and his what? dog? Dave, have you got the have you got the internet? Dave, yeah, can you I bring it up for me? Oh my god! Are we, are we doing this? Let's so do did so <laughs> is it, what's happening with the dog? Well, you're about to watch it. Okay, but why? I can't why, even describe okay, it. can I? Just, why is Carl Walker? So it was basically in like, this situation. Well, and why is Carl Walker? It seemed like uh, slander. It seemed like some sort of like um, yeah, I don't know, internet trolls. As if the Sun had reported it almost. No, no, no. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, some for whatever reason, Carl Walker and his girlfriend have been associated with this video. Why? But it turns out we don't know trolls. The video's actually been removed from Twitter. Okay. So luckily for you, I can't show it to you. Okay. But here's a screen grab so you can get the gist. Okay. Of what this video is. Oh God! Whoa! Wait, is that what I think it is? God. It's a black pug licking. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, really. Yes, and that was the, that was a video. That was a video doing the rounds. Anyway, it turns out it wasn't actually anything to do with Carl Walker. Yeah. Funnily enough. So who was? So what? What was the joke? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where it came that from. That's quite a screen grab, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you should have seen the video, mate. Okay. Viciously. Vicious. Vicious. So Carl Walker has he said, come out and said he's disgusted and horrified and he's threatened legal action against, against who? The internet trolls who force, falsely linked him to the explicit video. So there you go. Yeah. It was pretty mental. 
pretty yeah. mental. Like of all the, it was like this. You know, you had doing the rounds, Carl Walker video. That is the last thing I expected to see. To be honest, of a dog. Literally the last thing. Go, yeah. Well, no, not the last thing. I mean, you know, there's other things ahead of that. No, maybe. no, that was pretty much low. That was yeah. pretty low on the list. Um, enough of Carl Walker and his not dog and. It's not a dog. Enough of Kyle Walker. <laughs> I said it's not a dog. Right. Next question. Adam Lever says, can Watford perform in the Premier League next season? Well, they'll absolutely do that for 38 games, yeah. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? Do you think they're going to do well in the Premier League? Are they going to go down, you know, straight back down? I, I like. You know, I have an inkling they'll stay up. Wow, okay. Um, what do you reckon, Dave? I'm not because, sure. I don't, I don't think that any of the teams that are going to get promoted are going to be good enough. I think that the championship is that competitive this year that we're seeing that there's teams that aren't actually a grade above the rest. There's a lot of teams that are at the top, you know, like to Bournemouth, Middlesbrough, Watford, Derby. Derby. They're all there, they're all competitive, but are they that next level? You could see someone like Troy Deeney coming into the Premier League and scoring, you know, scoring a few goals, scored 21 goals in the championship this season. So, you know, he's, he's been good for them. He's been Watford's probably one of Watford's best players. Nine assists as well, so he's been directly involved in 30 goals for Watford this season. But I think their squad really does lack quality. You've got a lot of players that are, that are failed Premier League players in a way like Guardiola that's, that have you know been in the Premier League before and just not made the cut. I just don't think Watford have got enough to stay up. Fair enough. Uh, next question. Liam Gray says, which teams play the most attractive football in the world, in your opinion? Mm. Ooh... I'm going to throw Leon out there wow. from this season. Uh, they've played, they play sort of a 4-4-2 diamond, quite similar to how Liverpool played it last season. I do like how they play. It's a very attractive style. I'd say if you, if you haven't watched Leon this season, um, you know, get over to the, get them on the telly, get VT Sport on and, yeah. and watch them. They're, they play some really top stuff. Yeah. Lawrence? <sighs> Outside of the obvious. Well, could be the obvious. I... Hmm. Um, you know what I quite like I like Valencia from time to time mm-hmm. um, I also like obviously Barcelona are a very obvious answer I don't really like watching Real Madrid if I'm all that honest I do get quite excited by them but they're not uh, great to watch mm. all the time um, in the Premier League Arsenal played some lovely football against Chelsea over the weekend um, and they were stifled oh Juve uh, yeah Juve are a good answer I mean Juventus do play different football yeah, no, I'm not a fan of any of the Italian league, barring Fiorentina. They're also they're probably another one of the sides I'd say you'll probably get over to watch, play nice possession football, obviously doing well in the Europa League this season. You'd hope that they, they do win it, because Fiorentina have had a sort of hoodoo winning, um, winning trophies at the moment. So if they could get to the Europa League final and win that, that'd be brilliant for Montella and the boys. Got a Premier, ex-Premier League legend in Boja Valero, you know, fantastic footballer, Matias Fernandez, Quadrado was obviously there, Mo Salah. Excellent to watch. I like Everton. Everton is quite, yeah, Everton's quite a good shout as well. Yeah. Uh, Dale Payne has a very good question. He Bring says, Payne! He says, what will come first? Chicken or the egg? <laughs> In football terms, Manchester United winning their 14th title, mm-hmm. Liverpool winning the Premier League for the first time, mm. or Southampton qualifying for the UEFA Champions League? Great Ooh, question. That is, a good, that is a top question. I reckon. Top, top question. Surely it's United. Yes, I'd say United 14th Premier League title. What next? But Southampton, I reckon Champions League. They're they're building something brilliant over there. They've got a lovely, lovely structure of the club with, you know, Les Reed pretty much running the show. The manager's more of a coach than actually a manager. Uh, You know, they've got all these fantastic young players, Harrison Reed, James Ward-Prowse coming Mm. in. Mm. I think that, that that's definite. You know, in the next few years, you're going to see that. It's going to happen. And then Liverpool will just not win the Premier League, is what you're saying. Yeah, I can't really see it. I can't see it, Lawrence. What do you reckon? No, well, uh, we probably will see it at some point, um, but it'll probably be a rebrand. 
Yeah, I agree with Dave's order. Another Manchester United-style question from James Hollerhan yeah. says, should Young and Fellaini be in the United squad after the next window? So Dave, do you reckon they deserve their place in, the, in next season's squad? Do they need to be moved on? Um, I think these players are stopgaps at the moment. Marouane Fellaini has done a brilliant job against the likes of Man City and Liverpool. Obviously, Chelsea, they you know they figured him out. I think that he's a player that he's he wouldn't get in the top four, sort of five teams of, in Europe. So... He's one of those players that I don't think will be in the United team. They will be in the squad. He's a squad player, I think, Marouane Fellaini. He won't be in the starting eleven. You're not. Lo- you're looking at the likes of Grundugan, who we're linked with. You know, he's a, he's a fantastically gifted footballer. Marouane Fellaini, I don't think he's a smart footballer. We saw at the weekend he got booked early on, pretty much ruled himself out of the game. You see sometimes when he receives the ball and there's a, there's a you know decent passing option on if he gets his head up and he just doesn't do that. So I think Fellaini's sort of. If we get a better quality midfielder, he isn't going to be in the side. And then again, with Ashley Young, the likes of Memphis Depay, who's going to probably come in, or Di Maria, they're just better players. They make the difference, these players, like Depay and, and uh, Di Maria, and you can't really see Young doing that type of thing. It was pretty awful against Everton. Wage structure-wise, also, you think Young's probably got to go from United. Yeah. A lot of money so. to spend on a player who isn't doing it. Aditya Nabrata says, who should Chelsea sign for next season? Mm. If one player, one position where Chelsea need to strengthen, what would it be? Uh, mm, good question. Uh, do you, you go... Need another striker? If Didier Drogba's coming to the end of his time there, mm-hmm. Remy's done a job for them, but they might want to move him on. What about someone like Lacazette? At, um... Ooh, I think he'd be wasted at Chelsea, Lacazette. He's, he's too good for them in a way, too good for sitting on the bench. Like Quadrado. Really? Quadrado's a player that was excellent for Fiorentina and now he's sitting on the bench for Chelsea. It just seems a shame with these top talents going to Chelsea and just you know, wasting a few years of their career. But he won't because, I mean, Costa will start, but then you've got what? You've, you, you need, they need a second striker and Remy and Drogba aren't doing it. Yeah, but I just, I just wouldn't want Lacazette to go there because I think Lacazette's got to get game time. Um, he's a wonderful player. I wouldn't want to see him not playing in a way. Would you rather see him go to Chelsea or Liverpool? I'd rather see him go to Liverpool. Interesting. Really would because I think that he'd be perfect for Liverpool. You know, pressing, harrying, scoring goals, be absolutely the perfect player in a way. Mm. Wouldn't like, no, yeah, not not Chelsea, definitely. Chelsea potentially could, central midfielder maybe, another just another controller in a way. You know, Fabregas and Matic have been um, sort of, they've been a bit knackered towards the end, the back end of the season. You know, Fabregas, is, his input's dropped off a little bit. Well, I mean, really, they've got Ramirez in there for that kind of thing. Yeah, you, you look at, I think they've been, they've been linked with uh, Mbula, the Marseille central midfielder. Mm-hmm. That lad is absolutely brilliant. I'd love to see him in the Premier League. You know, he's he's quite Yaya Toure-esque. If there's a direct comparison to one player, you know, he can he can beat people, take people on. He plays a deep line role for for Marseille at the moment, sort of dictating the play. And I think he'd be absolutely an excellent addition to the Premier League and also yeah. Chelsea's midfield. One more question here from O Crunch, another Man United one, because obviously they know Squawker Dave's on the show. <laughs> oh yeah, as always. Do you think Ryan Giggs would be a good successor to Louis Van Gaal? Mm, don't pull that face, Dave. It's a difficult one. That obviously he's a club legend and. Um, you know, could could do very well, but at the end of back the back end of last season when he when he took over for four games, United weren't great. Um, I think he needs experience. He needs to go out and you know potentially be the manager at the sort of United under twenty one team before, or he just needs experience before being dropped into one of the biggest jobs in football. I think it'd be better to get someone like Pep Guardiola after Van Hal in, um, and then potentially Ryan Giggs afterwards. Obviously, Van Hal speaks of Giggs in a really high regard. But for me at the moment, I think he needs a bit of experience. He needs a bit of management experience, you'd say. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How did Pep Guardiola cut his teeth? He was Barcelona B team. Exactly. Do United have an equivalent? No. But the under-21s, I guess, is the closest thing, Dave. But even then, the Barcelona B team is still a stepper or a cut Yeah, no, that's true. So, yeah, Barcelona B team were... Who are we looking at here? We're looking at Stockport United. Stockport City. Stockport City. Nah, you, you... That's what I'm saying, though. If United yeah. take them over, we've got Stockport United. Right? Mm, yeah, it's an interesting one. No, well, he's got to go... Clearly, he's got to cut his teeth somewhere. Yeah. How, uh, but then also, I guess, also Pep was implementing a similar system. So would you say that Giggs is better to remain under Van Gaal for a number of years or under a number of managers for a number of years and go from there? I don't know. Maybe he is better at being an assistant manager. Maybe that's where his role could be. You um, sure that he really wants... I don't... Obviously, he doesn't want that. I do would want him, you know, would potentially one thing that he could do is go, you know, go around Europe, get a job in Germany, get a job in Italy, get a job in Spain. Like Pardew did. Try something else. <laughs> Pardew went to Germany. He found, when he got sacked initially, he went to Germany and found out quite a lot of... Well, Steve McLaren, obviously, tactics. very successful. Well, not very successful, but it was, it was decent in yeah, Germany. Yeah. Did very well in the Eredivisie. Yeah. And then... Speaking of Pardew, though. Yeah, Pards. Uh, Big. Final question. <sighs> From the audience, uh, is Dan Lambert asking? Dambert. Dambert saying, Who is your Premier League manager of the season? Mm. So obviously, Pardew's a candidate. You've got Jose Mourinho, Nigel Pearson, maybe, if he gets them out of the relegation zone. Piero. Ronald Koeman, obviously, has done a very good job at Southampton, Koeman. even if they're going to miss out on the top four. Can we say Koeman? You, you can say whoever you want. Or uh, Gary Monk, I think you said. Oh, yeah, Swansea. Where Swansea. are they going to finish, though? Well, it's their highest ever Premier League finish, highest ever points tally. What a story, though, eh? I think I think that is very impressive what he's done there. He no, it really is. They lost in, in January, and they're still winning. Obviously, beat Newcastle. Everyone beats Newcastle at the weekend. But still doing really well. Yeah, Gary Monk's Going done strong. a good job there. Um, and, you know, arguably taking the team on another step from what Brendan Rodgers did. Uh, although only place-wise, not necessarily philosophy or uh, aesthetically. Um, I'm going to say Koeman, just for coming in. You know, steadying a ship which looked from the outside quite shaky, yeah, and I think well, it'll be more testament to Southampton in general the position that they find. Dave, I think Cumin is you know he's yeah, he's, so he's hyped yeah. up because of the Southampton system. I think that any manager that was going to come in then you know everyone thought on the outside that they were going to struggle, but I, quite frankly I think they would have been fine. You know whoever came into that Southampton job was going to do well because of their academy, because of their their recruitment policy. Um, I'd probably put Mark Hughes as someone that's not really looked at as, as doing a good job. You know, Stoke of, yeah. I think they've got their best points tally in the Premier League ever. 
and you know he's completely changed the brand of football that they're playing mm. and that's testament to him you know and Zonzi's been absolutely brilliant Victor Moses has been awesome when he's been there so I think that Mark Hughes should be seen but manager of the year probably not you've got to look at Mourinho he's won every battle he's had to win he's won easily but Chelsea are boring though aren't they Chelsea I'm joking, I'm joking. get the results don't they I think, I think Mourinho's got to win it for that reason it's, it's Mourinho that's won the Premier League not Chelsea maybe Okay, well that is all of our questions this week. Thank you for submitting them via Twitter. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to discuss? Any other business? Any other business? Something you know you, you might not have had a chance to talk about on your other you know various on our other podcast blogging, things. Uh, duties. Well, um, there, there were a couple of things I was thinking about. First of all, um, I've been really pissed off with Sol Campbell. What has Sol Campbell done? I just think Sol Campbell and politics don't really mix. Can you give me a bit of background? Oh, well, he's on the front of G2 sure from, from the weekend. Sol Campbell yeah. is a Tory, a very quite a famous um, right. Tory, and is uh, trying to use what fame he has garnered so far in his career to somehow uh, make some sort of a political one. So what point is uh, Sol Campbell trying to make at the moment that's got him on the front of the Guardian? That he's a conservative. Um, that's the point he's making. Well, I mean, Sol Campbell, to me, uh, is, is often very reductionist in his own view and therefore gets reduced by other people. Um, he, the, the, the headline with him says, are most footballers Tories? Haha, <laughs> probably. Uh-huh. I don't even know what that really means. Probably should have read the article. Is that going into the change of the, the game changing from, you know, working class uh, game in a way where most of the players are, come from that background to now where the likes of Frank Lampard, Oxlade Chamberlain are all coming from, from private schools and that's where we're producing our talent now. Well this is part of the problem isn't it is that actually Sol Campbell struck me as quite um, a well thought out guy but the more I hear from him the less, and uh, less. The less I want to hear if I'm completely honest. Um, what, what was the great story about um, he was questioning why he wasn't on the FA coaching staff and Gary Neville was. Yeah, and when it was explained to him that Gary Neville had done a lot of coaching badges and sort of you know worked his way through the system mm. and he sort of earned his way there, yeah, Sol went... Campbell said, "But I'm Sol Campbell." Yeah, as if are we losing? We're losing the work rate, aren't we? Really, old losing Gary. The, will, the will to live in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you, you want to speak about your dislike for Sol Campbell? What I want to speak. You hear about him well, just makes him more and more unlikable. I, I, don't, I guess what I'm what I'm thinking here is that uh, too often uh, maybe we mix uh, the wrong parts of our lives. And uh, Sol Campbell's doing that right now. I don't agree with anything that Sol Campbell said that I've heard him say. If you've uh, had your entire career surrounded by people who are yes men, people who constantly back up your view, people who say, look, you deserve to be here, etc. I don't necessarily think that would cultivate the kind of public minded individual who would then be fit for office. I'm not saying that I am actually fit to um, express that as a view. What I'm saying is I don't feel confident that someone with such an individualized idea of themselves should be able to uh, express themselves in such a way and be given such a platform. If he was not Sol Campbell, uh, which is weird, he would not have this interview in G2. Interesting. You'll probably cut that in the end, won't you? No, I think I'll keep it in, actually. Yeah, keep it. I quite like it. Good on you. That's what you want to talk about. Good on you. And I think it was a good point. Um, but Dave, is there anything you want to talk about in particular in the world of football or, you know? I like the the French league, obviously, has been pretty good this season. Oof. I like the fact that PSG are not top of the league. It's pretty brilliant. You know, they've spent a lot of money, wasted a lot of people's time. <laughs> I think their, their football is a bit stagnant and they need to get away from that. Their signings have been a bit strange, obviously getting a lot of players from Syria a stagnant league in its own right. But I, I like Lyon and the very... Uh, vibrant, you know, they're moving to a new stadium. They've got a, a number of young players like Fakir, Taliso. Very exciting. Gele, you know, ex PSG, has been one of the best right backs in Ligue 1 this season. And I just think it's a, it's a refreshing change to see that youth 
um, can sort of combat this um, sort of modern day the football money. where there's money everywhere. Yeah. And I like that. So what's the situation at the top of League 1 then? Is it so at the, the moment? PSG and um, Lyon are joined on 68 points. Uh, Lyon uh, are top on, on goal difference, but PSG obviously have a game in hand. But it'd be a great story if they were to go. Everyone saw Marseille at the start of the season when uh, yeah. Gignac was scoring goals for fun. They've, they've dropped off, obviously. Uh, Bielsa, high-pressing, intense football. Doesn't really last a season. It's just too, it's too hard to, to elongate that over a season. But obviously Lyon are the ones that are flying up and, and fighting the mighty PSG. It'd be interesting to see where Laurent Blanc is next season, whether PSG do move on, move him on. And yeah, they never really wanted him, did they? No, like, it's, it's, it's uh, a weird one. Choice. They played such good football at Bordeaux and now he's come to PSG and it's a bit stagnant, it's a bit boring in a way, I'd say. Does he come up against egos, essentially? Yeah, yeah that could be the issue, couldn't it? You know, Zlatan, Cavani, Lac- you know, not, Lac- not Lacazette, Levesi. Levesi, yeah. Levesi, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good, really good point, actually. Um, and, and then, I mean, finally, uh, Mourinho probably proving at the weekend that you can make whatever narrative you want out of uh, football. I mean, when he was... So he was le- his team was labelled boring. Boring. And, and he, he said, said uh, boring, that's 10 years of not winning a title. Um, and uh, essentially what he's saying is, uh, you know, you guys are just applying whatever you want to make headlines. And I think he's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think about their football? What, someone think... in the room, that's one of you two, mm. tell me what's boring about their football and tell me why no, the impetus lies with them. The, 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 Mourinho is very practical, right? So he, he stifles What does the, that mean? Uh, so he sets up, you would argue that Mourinho doesn't set up his team to go out and win. Mm-hmm. He goes out and sets up his team to not lose, especially in big games. But that makes his team win. No, well, no, they drew. Yeah, but more than often it makes the team. And win. they, they win in the larger sense. But, uh, the but then they win the league in the larger sense because you know they stifled Arsenal. So that's but I think it's just it's just a stick to to beat him with, isn't it? So Chelsea are going to win the league. You know they have played very well all season, but you'd rather see them when they're at their free flowing best, which was earlier in the season. The last couple of months, they haven't actually played that well. They haven't been very that entertaining. Mm-hmm. So therefore, people are using that as a stick to beat them with, saying. Yeah, they're boring. They don't deserve to win. They don't play proactive football in the bigger games. I think that's the problem. They don't press. They don't harry as much as they could do with the with the talents that they do have. Exactly. So that's the say, point. All so the money invested. Exactly. So yeah, you'd say if someone set up their team not to lose, you'd expect someone who didn't have the resources of Chelsea. They've got very uh, very good attacking players. So should does Jose Mourinho not have responsibility to set up an attacking team and take the game? to Arsenal so the question would then be um, if we're coming to that conclusion what's Mourinho building at Chelsea and what has Mourinho built at other clubs and we've looked at the legacy of Jose Mourinho at Chelsea there was obviously something quite significant there you look at the legacy of him at someone like Real Madrid or somewhere like Inter Milan and uh, granted at Real Madrid really he was never going to leave a legacy that would be Jose-esque mm. because whoever took over would have the chance to shape the side or the Galacticos essentially shaped what Mourinho had to do there but at Inter obviously they dropped off afterwards what legacy is he leaving because at the moment there are no not that many young players coming through I know Zuma's young um, mm. but I'm still saying there aren't that many young players coming through there is an academy where you know I don't I don't know that many big names that have come out of that and gone on no. to be hugely successful it's Bamford from the yeah, how many names of other academies produced yeah, yeah. in those years? And is you know, Mourinho is great for the immediate future for mm. Chelsea, um, but you also question 
if there are players out there watching and thinking, I want to go and play great football, I want to play rock and roll football, mm. or uh, you know, uh, heavy, me- heavy metal yeah. football, whatever, Barcelona style, Real Madrid style, possibly even Manchester United style, which is marauding at times under yeah. Louis van Gaal, or even Liverpool football, or you know, any style, Arsenal football even, would they rather have a different lifestyle at another club than chance the idea of going to Mourinho and not becoming part of his inner clique, which even then might ostracise you in other places of football? So, for instance, you know, I was thinking last night, if John Terry was at, I don't know, um, QPR, would he just be, you know, alongside Clint Hill? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, would he be the best defender in England? And this is the question is, Mourinho makes great successes out of people, but what's his legacy after he leaves Chelsea? And is it, you know, essentially, Roman Abramovich always asked him, I want, I want to play good football. Mm. Can we play good football? That, and that's part of the reason he had to leave in the first place, yeah. wasn't it? It's because they weren't playing attractive good football. And that, football. I think that's going to happen. Mourinho will, I don't think he will ever play attractive football because he is a winner. And at the end of the day, he's But then a, what about the, earlier in the season, Dave? I mean, I, he proved I, that he can set up a, a team to play attractive football. I don't know if it was attractive, it was functional, it was good on the counter-attack. I think that's different than... Keeping the ball. Yeah, well, it was entertaining. Definitely not being entertaining. But that, go back to that proactive word. You've got to be proactive on the ball. You've got to be proactive no, Dave, with that, your that, style. That, but that's but that's very prescriptive from from one side. And we said that on Football Daily just a few weeks ago. Was we said that's the prescriptivism yeah, of Ajax of Barcelona. That's a fan. Of, that's a fan's view of it. A fan. Yeah, but it's a, a fan fa- would rather watch that. You, I would like. I like to watch Leon because they play attacking, proactive football. And, and, and they take the game to the opposition so, in a way. Okay, so put, put it this way, right? And my analogy would be, we currently have this system in English politics where people are saying, uh, look, if you don't vote, wow, if, if, you, well, if, if you don't vote, then you don't deserve to be part of it. And the problem is that Barcelona have created somewhat of a similar air to football, which is if you don't play possessional football, you don't want to keep the ball, you don't want to attack like we do, then you don't get to be part of that styles. conversation. Like, well, yeah, like, you, said, like you said, you, you could argue that Borussia Dortmund, obviously a completely different style to Barcelona, but everyone wants to play like that. But this is what I'm still saying, is that it, it's, it's, it's prescriptivist to the way that you want to get the end result. And I, I just find that quite constricting in the way that we have the conversation. And I just wonder how much of that limits the progression of other styles of football or something that Mourinho might find if he continues down this path. Well to be seen remains to be seen we've got to wrap it up there uh, well, so, that's too short mate well you know or is that too long? long we'll see that's what we need people to tell us so go on twitter at the front free the numeral free and tell us how long you want this show to be half an hour an hour 45 minutes you know. and we'll not listen to you and still do it for the length we no, think is we best. will 100% listen to these people <laughs> yeah but who because someone said an hour and someone said half an hour we go for we're the like football managers we're stuck boast. we're stuck Adam between no. a rock and a hard place well, I think a rock tweeted me earlier this week really yeah hard uh, place left a comment below the soundcloud so listen thank you very much I for do. listening to the second episode of uh of the front free thank you for downloading subscribing on iTunes all that good stuff uh, Lawrence is it available on iTunes it is available on Ooh. iTunes yes I'm going to go and subscribe you should subscribe same so uh, Lawrence where can the good people find more of your work and um, stuff go to lostcast.com boom there you L-O-Z-C-A-S-T. go see me there what about you Dave at Squawker Dave stats galore well, there you go. on Twitter you're at stats galore <laughs> at Squawker Dave okay. and there is stats galore Lawrence okay. come on you've got to listen to me sometimes yeah Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 